Hello and welcome to Kaplan's NCLEX PrepCast, brought to you by KaplanNursing.com, which offers prep courses and options for the NCLEX RN and NCLEX PN examinations. In today's podcast episode, we are going to be talking about ethical situations that might arise in nursing practice, in clinicals, potentially even while you're a student in nursing school. We know that there are situations that can occur. We hope that they never do, but it's always good to be prepared. So we're going to discuss some of the common ethical situations that may occur while you're a nurse and some advice for ways that you can effectively navigate those situations. And in today's episode, we have a fantastic guest who has been on the show a couple of times at this point, who is Kendra Spaulding. To refresh those who uh, have listened to previous episodes or maybe you haven't heard Kendra on previous episodes yet, uh, Kendra has been a nurse for the last 14 years and an APRN for the last eight years. She has also been an NCLEX instructor for Kaplan for the last three years, and we are very happy to have her back on the show. So how are you, Kendra? Hi, Matt. Thank you so much for having me on the show again. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing very well. As I think the common question I like to ask you, because perhaps I'm just jealous, is how's Hawaii? (laughs) Hawaii is amazing, as always. Yeah, it's a beautiful sunny day today. Awesome. I'd expect it no other way. And I I meant to ask, uh, and I don't think I have in the past, but which island are you on? I am on Oahu. Very nice. Uh, I've heard wonderful things I haven't been but I'll have to make Uh, a trip out there. Yes, everyone should come at least once. Uh, I live in Honolulu. There's just so much to see and do here. Yeah, I've I've heard amazing things. It's it's quite a trip from New York, and it's uh, quite expensive too. So something to save up for. But uh, glad I could at least uh, you know hear from you and what you have to say about Hawaii. (laughs) So uh, it's great to have you back. Like I said. So I definitely want to jump in and talk about some of these situations, but the first question I think is, uh, you know, in my mind is when we're talking about situations that might occur, I know that there's in any given uh, hospital or clinic, there's a, you know, a range of, of ethical situations that may occur, but I'm looking for the most common. What do you see in nursing practice as being some of the most uh, common situations that nurses encounter or nursing staff members encounter when it comes to um, ethical situations? Yeah, that's a great question, Matt. So um, certainly nurses, maybe even nursing students are going to encounter ethical dilemmas in their practice. Um, It's not a matter of if it will happen, but when it will happen. So uh, some of the most common ones that we see are um, ones that deal with informed consent which deals with the patient's right to make informed decisions regarding their own care, their treatments. Um, Another one is respecting the patient's right to say no. Uh, You know, nurses might encounter a patient who doesn't want to do what we've asked them to do, and we need to know how to to handle that, how to deal with that. Um, Another common ethical dilemma is um, one that revolves around telling the truth or the ethical principle of fidelity. Um, So knowing how much to tell the patient. Um, Other common ones are um, maybe less to do with dealing with patients and ethical dilemmas, but more to do with dealing with your peers or your colleagues. So what to do if you see something that's incorrect or inappropriate, 
um, you know, something that's being done incorrectly by your peer, your colleague, and whether or not to speak up. And then lastly, uh, another common one that we deal with is in regards to patient safety and sort of balancing um, a patient's desire for autonomy with safety issues. Interesting. Yeah, that's it's uh, certainly these are common issues that I could see being in nursing and certainly don't have a lot of overlaps to a lot of professions um, because every profession that you encounter has some version of these, but this is certainly a lot of these are very unique to nursing. Uh, Before we even dive into some of the specifics of this, another question I'm thinking of is whether uh, we have common ways of, is this, in other words, is there, are the hospitals and or nursing schools typically cover these subjects for students or for new nurses, or is this something that, because we'll talk about them in detail, but is this something that outside of this podcast, these discussions don't exist? I mean, where can you <laughs> go other than this podcast to, uh, to learn how to navigate these situations? Yes, uh, great question. So hopefully nursing students are getting exposure to this within their programs, and this isn't the first time they've heard about it. Um, so it should be woven throughout their entire nursing program. Um, some programs you know, dedicate days or um, weeks, maybe some case studies, things like that, to uh, preparing the students for dealing with these ethical issues. I know in my program, we... Um, We do case studies, we do them in class, we have assignments on ethical dilemmas, we have a lecture, and then I also have um, experts come in to speak to my students. For instance, someone who sits on an ethical board in a hospital. So it's just really important to prepare nursing students for practice. So we need to talk about these potential ethical issues and situations. Um, especially the ones that are most commonly encountered, so that they'll know how to deal with them when the situation arises. Um, you know, knowing what to expect can help decrease their anxiety and increase their confidence uh, should they encounter one of these difficult situations. Well, I'm glad to hear that it is something that is already being addressed. So, and I, I had a feeling that was the answer, but I was curious to know where exactly students may uh, learn more about these. Uh, these different topics that may arise. So it's good to hear. So let's, let's definitely dive in. And I'm, I'm hoping that those who might be potentially dealing with uh, one of these five might find some solace in the answers to these and some advice and knowing what to do. So I'm going to, I'm going to go down your list one to five and we'll just start with number one, which was that topic of informed consent. So I'm curious to hear a little bit more about what we're talking about when it comes to informed consent. In other words, what is informed consent for those who might not know? And why is that a situation that might involve ethical issues? Um, And what can students and nurses do when those situations do occur? So informed consent is when consent or permission is given with full knowledge of the possible risks, consequences, and benefits of something. So a common concern of nurses in this situation is that their patient or perhaps the patient's family hasn't been fully informed about their treatment or their prognosis even. So uh, where the ethical dilemma comes in here is that the nurse doesn't know if it's their place to explain more to the patient or their family past what their providers already told them. So for instance, surgery. If a patient's going in for surgery, then the surgeon um, speaks to that patient, possibly to their family as well, and explains the 
surgery to them, the risks, the benefits, the con possible consequences, things like that. But if the patient were then to ask questions of the nurse um, that wasn't addressed by the surgeon, the nurse may not feel like it's their place to explain that or to give the patient more information other than what was already told. Um, but patients have the right to deny any procedure or medical treatment, and they have to be fully informed to make those decisions. So it's their right to, to have this information um, for the decision-making process. So if a nurse was uh, in this situation, they could consult with the provider, the surgeon, um, or even go to their charge nurse or direct supervisor to discuss the issue and um, you know see what needs to be done. Interesting. Is this something that you see happen a lot? Is this perhaps the most common or is this because uh, we know that <clears throat> there are definitely clients out there who, uh, you know, there are, there are so many surgeries that happen out there and, and so many procedures. So it seems like this might be a very common issue. Is that true? Or is this something that doesn't happen too often? I think it's fairly common um, for a variety of reasons. You know, perhaps the, the patient's just more comfortable speaking to the nurse rather than the surgeon, or, you know, time constraints don't allow for a, a long question and answer session. Um, you know, whatever the reason, I think it's a fairly common ethical dilemma that's encountered, but I don't think it's a, 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 a heavy one. Um, I think it's easily solved um, if the nurse just consults with their their supervisor or even you know grabs the surgeon and just says hey um, you know the patient is asking a few more questions and I don't feel comfortable answering those would you have time to to speak with them yeah okay great and yeah that's that that makes a lot of sense that it is something that happens common uh, and it happens a lot so that's uh, it's good to know how to deal with those situations let's let's move right along uh, right along to number two uh, and talking about respecting the patient's right to say no. I can see that as certainly being a tricky situation as nurses. Uh, you always want to do the right thing for the patient. And especially, I think it can be tough when you know the right course of action is to proceed with something and the patient is saying he or she doesn't want to move forward. So I can see this being a tricky one. Can you talk to us a little bit more about this particular situation and any advice you might have for working with patients who do say no and respecting their right to say no? Absolutely. So this is a great example of a pretty heavy uh, ethical dilemma. Yeah. Um, so the patients do have a right to say no. They can refuse or deny any medical treatment, even if it's a life-saving treatment. And the nurse and the entire medical team must respect the patient's autonomy, even if it ne negatively affects their health. So, for example, if a patient with a terminal prognosis decides against receiving tube feeds or IV fluids, um, you know, that may hasten their death, but we have to respect their choice and allow, allow them to decide that. So um, I think this one is very hard for a lot of nurses to deal with because it kind of goes against what we've been taught in school. <laughs> you know, we, we want to save everyone. And, um, you know, this ethical principle, this ethical dilemma kind of goes directly against that. So it's, it's, it's a tough one. But, you know, if a nurse is faced with this, they have to respect that patient's choice and um, just making sure that the patient is fully informed about the consequences of their choice, which kind of relates back to number one. Um, but just making sure that they're fully informed and that may involve um, other members of the healthcare team. Uh, you could 
ask the chaplain to come in and speak with them as well. Uh, social work, you know, other disciplines like that can, can be beneficial in this type of situation. I see this one as being a common situation for just people in general too. Uh, I know that I've personally encountered a situation like this, um, not being a nurse and it's, it's tough. So it's, uh, you know, it's definitely a difficult situation to navigate. I can see that there's almost this line that you want to make sure the patient fully understands what he or she is committing to or not committing to. Um, and there might be a tendency to want to, to double check or triple check or quadruple <laughs> check just to make sure that that's exactly right. what, that, what they're saying no to is the decision they really want to make. Um, yeah. Where do you see that line? I think that's probably where the the ethical dilemma comes into play. I know you were talking before about making sure the patient is informed, but uh, when when do you see a nurse perhaps crossing the line and moving from informing the patient to uh, perhaps persuading the patient? <laughs> that is uh, certainly something that they have to be careful not to do, right? Uh, we can't persuade them. We can't try and talk them into something that they don't want to do. All that we can do is make sure that they have all the information uh, that they need to make this decision. And it doesn't have to be as heavy as something terminal. Um, it could be, you know, a, a medication or a medical treatment that we that the provider has prescribed and the patient doesn't want to cooperate or participate in that. And that's their right. Um, another example is if a patient wants to leave the hospital against medical advice, mm. um, you know, where the provider has not discharged them, but the patient's ready to go and they decide that they're not going to wait and they want to leave. So all that we can do, we can't prevent them from doing that. We can't stop them or try and persuade them. All we can do is just make sure that they are safe um, and that they are fully informed of the potential consequences of their situation. Makes sense. And that nicely ties into the third one you mentioned, which is telling the truth, because um, <laughs> perhaps there's a tendency sometimes to not tell the truth uh, for one reason or another. In this case, I would love to know any specifics in terms of situations where uh, a nurse or a healthcare provider would be inclined to not tell the truth for one reason or another. And that doesn't mean that they ultimately do, but there's this... Um, sense that perhaps they don't want to uh, or right. they feel like they they want to not tell the truth for one reason or another. What are some of those common scenarios when a nurse would be presented with this dilemma? Because you would think it would be easy, just tell the truth. Um, so what are those some of those common uh, times when we might not want to tell the truth and what can a nurse do in those situations to make sure that he or she acts ethically and, and navigates that scenario um, in the right way? That's a good, good question. This definitely comes up. This definitely is encountered um, in many situations. In my own personal experience, I've encountered it while working in the intensive care unit. Um, but for instance, there are times when a patient's family may request that the patient not be told the full extent of their injuries or perhaps the significance of their prognosis. So those are some good examples. Um, you know, the full extent of their injuries, if a patient has um, maybe a severe uh, injury that's going to radically change their lives, um, but they aren't quite aware of the significance of that injury, 
either the family or perhaps even the medical team may not want to fully divulge that initially um, for fear that it could interfere with the patient's um, healing process, with the recovery. Um, and if that's the case, then it's up to the nurse to decide, is that, is that ethical? Does that go against the patient's right to know? Um, and then what are the consequences of being deceptive? You know, what if, what if the patient finds out that you've withheld this information, um, then you've, you've damaged their trust in you um, and that relationship. Um, as far as the prognosis, um, this is pretty common with the elderly. Uh, in which, um, you know, an elderly patient has a poor prognosis, but the pa patient's family doesn't wish for the medical team to divulge that to the patient um, for a variety of reasons, right? It could be for, for several different things, but, you know, it's up to us as the medical team to determine whether or not that's, um, you know, ethical, whether or not that's okay. Uh, are they keeping it from the patient just because they're elderly? Are they keeping it from the patient because they're, concerned, um, you know, that it could negatively affect what time they have left or quality of life, things like that. So um, another example of this is the use of white lies. And I'm sure we've all told white lies in our life. Mm -hmm. um, but in respect to, um, you know, nursing, a nurse may decide to tell a small white lie to a patient for their own good or, you know, with the intent of helping the patient. But even if the motivation behind the lie is with beneficence, if the nurse has good intentions, they're still lying to the patient, which is unethical. Um, so I think it's important for nurses to, to remember that even small white lies, um, you know, are unethical. They're still lying. Um, you know, it's, it's still a, a dilemma and it's still something that they need to think about before doing. Important to know. I suppose a good follow-up question to that, if the nurse or healthcare provider is worried about, as you said earlier, the patient's well-being recovery process um, and knows that we want to be optimistic, there's obviously some situ situations where we can't be optimistic, but um, how can a nurse remain optimistic, still tell the truth, and still be in a position of helping the patient when you know that, you know, sometimes delivering bad news uh, might not work well with the patient and we might be inclined to <laughs> tell a white lie. Um, you know, how can a nurse still remain optimistic and help the patient while uh, telling the truth in a, an unfortunate situation? That's a great question, Matt. So I have worked for years with cancer patients, and it has been my experience that patients appreciate the truth. Uh, they would rather you tell them the truth than for you to tell them a nice, pretty white lie um, that maybe, you know, um, glosses over the truth. Yeah. Um, but people really at their core, I think that they appreciate the truth and they can deal with the, um, the prognosis or the, you know, what's coming up next. Um, if they're fully informed, if they know what to expect, if they're prepared. So even if you think that you're helping them by maybe not telling them the full truth, um, you're probably doing them more harm than good. Um, but I do think it is very important to stay optimistic. And in that case, um, you know, putting a positive spin on the truth um, or, you know, not, not 
now it's making it sound so dire right. uh, can be helpful. Yeah, that's good advice as well. Um, and you're right. I think that at, at the core, people really do appreciate the truth. And while the initial reaction is going to sometimes be the most emotional, um, it's inevitably, I, I do think that, uh, you know, I agree with you. Most most people will have, once they have that knowledge, ultimately come to a better place than had they been misinformed about yeah. uh about what the situation was. Yeah, so let's, absolutely. let's go from um, patients, talking about patients and talking about peer-to-peer ethical dilemmas. Because uh, I know that was the fourth one you mentioned and is perhaps the most complex <laughs> um, and perhaps one of the most common, unfortunately. So, um, and that's not to say that this is going to happen more than dealing with you know situations that won't involve ethical issues. I think in most cases, peer-to-peer situations are going to be um, perfectly ethical, but I still, you know, obviously you're working with peers a lot every day. So, um, can you talk to us a little bit more about some of the common issues that might occur with peers and how to navigate tricky situations and what are some of the trickiest situations to navigate with this? Yeah, this one is difficult. Um, I think that this one takes on a, a another level of the ethical dilemmas. Absolutely. Um, it's it's one thing when you're dealing with the patients, but it's it's different if it's your peer or your colleague. Um, so some examples are a nurse may witness an act of incompetence performed by one of their peers, meaning they may witness them do something incorrectly. So that could be something as simple as uh, taking your blood pressure incorrectly um, or something, you know, a lot more serious. Um, let's say in the surgical world, they break sterile technique. Okay. Um, so then the nurse has to decide what to do once they've witnessed one of these, uh, these acts. So should they report them? Should they confront them? Or should they just ignore it? And the nurse may, I feel like nurses, they have a hard time with this one because it's sort of a no win win situation. Yeah. If, you know, if they, if they confront them or turn them in then they feel really bad. Because what if that was their friend or their respected colleague or even a superior? Um, and then if they do turn them in, um, you know, they may be seen as untrustworthy to their other colleagues or even like a tattletale. And if they don't turn them in and just ignore it, what if a negative outcome results from that? Then the nurse is going to feel bad in that situation as well because they know that they should have done something about it yet they didn't and now the patient or perhaps their peer or someone else has suffered because of their inaction so um, some other examples of this could be like um, you know and unfortunately some that I've, I've heard of the most often are perhaps a staff member taking patient medications you know unfortunately that's that occurs um, other examples could be um, staff member performing a procedure incorrectly or even encountering a staff member that's impaired while at work. Um, we don't want to see that happen, obviously, but it has happened. Um, you know, where a, a member of the staff comes in and they are impaired and shouldn't be there, and then it's up to the nurse to decide what to do. Yeah, it's unfortunate when those situations do occur. A uh, follow-up question I have is, I think it's it's pretty clear. I mean, if you'd ask anyone on the street, should you report the person or not? Most people, <laughs> uh, if they're speaking honestly, are probably going to say yes, especially when you're dealing with uh, 
the nursing world where safety is is the most important thing, uh, you know, reporting unsafe procedures is important. So uh, the the appropriate question to ask from there is, okay, we know that it is right to report something. The difficult thing is how. So do you see there being a a common way to report this? Would is there a way to do it anonymously? Um, you know, what are what advice would you offer to nurses out there when it comes to after making the decision to to report an uh, unsafe or unethical situation? Um, how can they go about doing that and still, you know, perhaps not feel like they're going to be punished in some way or uh, be seen as a tattletale um, and perhaps deal with those issues? Yes. So, um, you know, as nurses, our, our priority is safety. So we want to maintain patient safety, um, but also the safety of our staff. And if we witness something like this occurring, then it is our duty to report it. Um, and so if a nurse were to encounter this, certainly they should follow their chain of command, um, you know, and, and go to their charge nurse, even their director of nursing, um, and, and report this. They, um, as far as anonymously goes, they should check with their organization and, and know what their procedures are, because most organizations are going to have a system in place for this type of ethical dilemma. Great advice. And you're right that there's, there's sometimes going to be, uh, it's going to be dependent upon where you're working, um, what the right protocol is going to be. So it's good to know to go to those places. Um, and that, I think, pours over nicely into the fifth common ethical situation you mentioned as we're talking about safety is issues involving patient safety. So what are some of the ethical situations that may occur when it comes uh, to patient safety that we haven't talked about yet? And how can nurses effectively navigate some of those common issues? Yeah, so not all ethical dilemmas are are so heavy, like the ones we've already discussed. Thankfully. Um, (laughs) Yes, right? Um, But that doesn't make them any less important. So, for instance, nurses may be faced with dilemmas that occur when caring for patients with conditions that place them at risk for self-harm. For example, you have an elderly patient on an orthopedic unit who wants to ambulate without assistance. This action places them at risk for a fall, right? Their their orders from the provider are ambulate with assistance, but the patient wants to be independent and autonomous, and they would rather ambulate without assistance. So while we want to help promote and encourage that that, uh, autonomy and independence, the risk of injury is also present and must be considered. So we kind of have to weigh one against the other and should their autonomy take precedence over their safety? Um, you know, those are things and questions that nurses have to ask ourselves um, every day and know what to do in those situations. And so, you know, certainly speaking with the patient, explaining again, back to informed, mm-hmm. uh, explaining what the potential consequences of this action are and also acknowledging their desire for independence and autonomy. You know, sometimes that's all it takes is just acknowledging the patient's desire for that independence and and letting them know that you appreciate that. Um, However, explaining that the risk of of a fall or the risk of injury, that their safety is is paramount to us, um, you know, that takes precedence and and needs to take precedence. So 
um, you know, sometimes all it takes is just explaining that to the patient and, and just instead of telling them what to do, sort of making a plan uh, of action with them. It's amazing how, uh, as we're talking, the two themes that are emerging in my head are, uh, or one theme is really revolving around communication, but the being open and honest with communication, how much that revolves around effectively navigating these ethical situations, right? If you're open with clients, if you're open with your peers, if you're honest, then that in many ways takes away these situations and makes them, um, you know, almost takes away the, the opportunity to even work through a, you know, an ethical scenario. If you're open and honest, then a lot of these situations may not occur um, or could be dealt with a lot more easily. So as we're thinking about wrapping up some of these, these five topics, uh, these five common issues that may occur, what advice would you offer to nurses at a high level when it comes to managing ethical situations? So advice for nurses uh, and nursing students, really my, my first piece of advice would be to have a strong personal and professional ethical foundation. Um, if they have a strong ethical foundation, then that's what they're going to be able to go back to every time that they're faced with one of these dilemmas. Um, and then knowing where to go, knowing where to turn if an ethical dilemma arises, um, who to talk to. Uh, you're never alone, so use your network. And um, a great NCLEX question is to follow your chain of command. Mm -hmm. um, that's uh, you know, definitely seen on the NCLEX. And then listen to your gut. If you're not comfortable with something, don't be afraid to speak up um, for sure. And uh, other great NCLEX points are to always maintain and respect patient confidentiality and consider patient safety. All great advice. And uh, speaking of students, I know that students will commonly be in clinicals. Uh, I know students do listen to this podcast. Um, so for those nursing students who are listening, where can they go, whether they're in clinicals um, or perhaps, you know, an externship, uh, where can they go when some of these situations arise, especially because I know that as a student, not fully employed at a hospital, but working there, you might not want to report something. But where, what, what advice would you have for students who are working uh, in clinicals or an externship when, uh, if they do encounter a situation like this? Yeah, so students, just like nurses, have to follow their chain of command. And for them, that means that they have to notify their clinical instructor. So that's the first point of contact is their clinical instructor. Um, and then from that point, if, uh, if necessary, then their course coordinator or program chair can get involved. And then if the situation is encountered during clinicals at the hospital or in a patient situation, then that, that patient's nurse, their RN, should also be included because they're going to have to follow and consult with their chain of command. Um, and then if it occurs during practice, then we just follow our chain of command, starting with our charge nurse, and it goes up from there. So, um, you know, the house super or even the director of nursing can get involved. And then there's always a board of ethics, you know, an ethics board at each institution that um, can be consulted for assistance if needed. Again, really great advice. So um, great advice for students, for nurses, for uh in general who are listening you might not be even in the nursing world so um kendra thank you so much for uh again for coming onto the show talking through some of these uh ethical situations and giving us some uh great advice really appreciate your uh your time and all the insights you offer here thank you so much for having me matt it was a pleasure same here
And for those of you who are listening at home, who are perhaps nursing students, I would encourage you as always to visit our website, which is kaplanursing.com. You will find a wide amount of resources there between content and practice packs, our QBank with over 2,000 practice questions, our computer adaptive tests, and then of course our, our courses, which you can take uh, over the internet uh, at your own pace or uh, in a traditional classroom as well. So again, you can visit kaplanursing.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook and Instagram at Kaplan NCLEX Prep and on Twitter as well. And you could follow us on YouTube. We have some great video content up there in case you're looking to review for the NCLEX exam. Uh, and as always, if you uh, have not already subscribed to our podcast, please be sure to do so, whether you're listening uh, on Podbean or in the iTunes store or Google Play. I uh, would certainly uh, love to have you subscribe and listen to other episodes as well. As always, want to thank you so much for listening to our podcast, and we look forward to seeing you again in a future PrepCast. 